Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Raider Nation, and welcome to another edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast, the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dennis Ackerman. On Thursday, Houston Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson officially asked for a trade. I say officially because it's been a story making headlines for the past week to 10 days. But anyways, now last September, Watson signed a four-year, $156 million contract extension. So he's under contract through the 2025 season. And he also has a no-trade clause. Very big indeed. Now, the Texans have said they have no intention of moving Watson. So, I mean, if you look at the big picture... Deshaun really doesn't have a lot of leverage. Now, the Texans are a mess. I mean, they finished with a 4-12 and record. Uh, they're in salary cap hell. And Watson pretty much operated as a one-man show. I mean, he led the NFL in passing yards and yards per attempt. He also set career highs in completion percentage, touchdown passes with 33, and he had just seven picks. I mean, that is an unbelievable touchdown-to-interception ratio. So, as I kind of expected, all these tweets came flooding in about how and why the Raiders should do anything possible to pry Watson away from the Texans and get rid of Derek Carr. I mean, I saw a photo of Watson hugging Raiders wide receiver Hunter Renfro under the headline, Reunite. I saw a proposed three-way trade involving the Raiders, Texans, and Colts. I mean, the bottom line is this. Teams got to have enough assets to acquire Watson, and I think it's going to take a combination of either three first-round picks or perhaps a quarterback plus two number ones. And right now, I just don't think the Raiders have those kind of assets And in fact, I think there's only a couple teams that could realistically pull off this deal. And that's the New York Jets and the Miami Dolphins. I mean, the Jets haven't figured out if Sam Darnold is their long-term answer at quarterback. So, I mean, he could be part of the deal. And then the Jets, as I talked about all the assets, well, they have the draft capital to go out and make this deal. They have the number two and 23rd overall pick in this year's draft, and then the trade that sent safety Jamal Adams to Seattle, well, that netted them an extra first-round pick in 2022. So if I'm the Texans, I mean, that's a lot of assets that I got to feel pretty good about. Plus, I'm also getting a young quarterback who we're still not sure of 
because he was under Adam Gase and the Jets were a mess. And you know what? This is more than any other team could offer as well at this point. Now, as far as Miami goes, I mean, they could hypothetically offer up a deal that includes second-year quarterback Tua Tungavailoa, along with two number ones in this year's draft. I mean, they have the third pick, and they have the 18th pick. How ironic is this? That third pick is what they got from the Texans for Laramie Tunsil, the offensive tackle. Now, those are just a few teams and a few scenarios that I could see potentially happening. Now, I'm sure you've read, and I've read it as well, other potential landing spots like the San Francisco 49ers. Sorry, Raider Nation. I know you hate to hear that, but they are a team that every time there's a quarterback opening or a quarterback available, I should say, the Niners always come up. I think the Carolina Panthers could be another team as well. Whoever it might be, wherever he might go, we do know this. It's going to be an active and very interesting offseason with all the potential movement at the quarterback position. Now, two quarterbacks who we know aren't going to be on the move next year is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' Tom Brady and the Kansas City Chiefs' Patrick Mahomes. They have a date Sunday, February 7th in Super Bowl 55. Now, I think we can all agree, no surprise, the Chiefs are back in the big game. But I certainly didn't anticipate the Bucs knocking off the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau. Now, Kansas City's been installed as a three-point favorite, and the over-under is 56.5. We've all heard the saying, don't bet against Brady. But let me tell you something. If he throws three picks against the Chiefs, it's over. There's no way the Bucs stand a chance. And I'm not betting against Patrick Mahomes, who is 25-1 over his last 26 starts. I mean, that is just a mind-blowing stat. And we all know his lone loss, Raider Nation, to the Raiders. But sorry, Raider Nation, I like KC to win. I like KC to cover. And I would take the over in this one. But whatever you're feeling, whether you like my picks or you have your own, then you should head to betonline.ag today because it has it all. It has game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And then there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today, immediately, right now, and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Well, as you know, if you listen to this podcast, a few weeks ago I broke down the Raiders' defense. And now I want to take a look at the offensive side of the ball. And let's begin with the quarterback position. And as I mentioned earlier, I don't think it makes any sense for the Raiders to move Derek Carr. He improved in year three with Gruden. I don't think anybody can argue that. I mean, the talk all offseason was catching up with the Chiefs. And as I just said, Carr beat them once. It was Mahomes' only loss in his last 26 starts. And Carr also had the Raiders in front with a minute 43 left. But unfortunately, 
the defense couldn't come through. Is Deshaun Watson younger? Yes. Does he have a higher ceiling? I don't think anybody would argue he doesn't. But why do fans blame Carr for an 8-8 eight and eight record? I don't understand it. The defense was so bad. And how about this? The Texans were 4-12 and 12 last season with Watson as their starting quarterback. Now, in 2022, Watson's salary jumps to $35 million. And if you compare that to Derek Carr's contract, it has two years remaining at $39 million. Now, the Raiders don't have to decide on an extension this year. And trading him and two first-round picks, well, to me, that would prevent them from addressing much more pressing needs on this roster the way it's currently constructed. How about backup quarterback Marcus Mariota? I mean, do the Raiders bring him back? I know he showed some potential in the Chargers game. But Raider Nation, he's owed $10 million to back up Derek Carr. To me, that's way too much money for a backup for a team that needs to free up cap space to, let's face it, address this defense. I think the Raiders try and bring him back on a friendlier deal. And then if they can't, I think they'll try to move him, not release him, but try to trade him and see what they can get for him. All right, let's move to the running back position now. And let's start with Josh Jacobs, who I felt had a little bit of a sophomore slump. Now, he did manage to rush for more than 1,000 yards for the second straight season, but his yards per attempt was down nearly a full yard. His yards per game also dropped by almost 19. And his longest run of the season was just 28 yards compared to 51 in his rookie campaign. Now, his receptions, they were up. He caught 33 passes this year, and I know it was far from his uh, projected goal of 60 but it was still better than his rookie campaign when he had just 20 catches. Some of the decline in production, I think, could also be attributed to the shuffling along the Raiders' O-line, which happened all year long. Now, with all that being said, Jacobs is clearly a workhorse on this offense. He is a very good running back and one in which the Raiders can rely on for years to come. Now, Devontae Booker, he signed a one-year deal and had a surprisingly productive season. He appeared in all 16 games, including one start. He rushed for more than 400 yards and proved to be a valuable backup to Jacobs. He's a free agent, and I would like to see the Raiders bring him back, but it's got to be at the right price. And Alec Ingold. I mean, the Raiders are one of the few teams that still use a fullback. He provides a lot of toughness. And we witnessed that when he broke a rib against the Chargers and still managed to play the following week. DeAndre Washington, I don't see him coming back. I think the Raiders are going to wave him and look for another possible kick returner and another third down back. Let's move to the tight ends now. And Darren Waller, well, he's already among the best at his position. I think only Kansas City's Travis Kelsey is better, in my opinion. Waller was clearly the Raiders' best player this season. He set a franchise record with 107 catches for nearly 1,200 yards in nine touchdowns. He made his first Pro Bowl, even though the game is not being played, but he was snubbed from the All-Pro team, and the only reason why that happened is because Travis Kelsey was a unanimous selection for the first team. And when that happens, 
the second team spot is left vacant. I know it's a strange rule, and it definitely needs to be fixed moving forward. Regardless, Waller, he looks like he is going to be one dominant player for years to come. Jason Witten, and he's retired after 17 seasons. 38-year-old played for the Raiders last year, but spent his first 16 years with the Dallas Cowboys. No tight end in NFL history has played more games than Witten's 271, and only Hall of Famer Tony Gonzalez has more receptions and yards at the tight end position. Now, his on-field productivity with the Raiders wasn't much. He caught 13 passes for just 69 yards. Angie's list is now Angie, and caring for your home just got easier. Whether you need help with routine maintenance or a dream remodel, Angie makes it easy to see reviews, compare quotes, and connect with top local pros who can get the job done right. Plus, you can see upfront pricing and instantly book hundreds of projects. No phone tag, just the work you need done at a time that works for you. Angie's got your to-do list covered from start to finish. Book your next home project today at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. And did have a pair of touchdowns, but he was lauded more so by Coach Gruden for his leadership and then his mentorship of Darren Waller. Coaching has long been mentioned as a possibility for Witten. I mean, he's already been linked to opportunities in both the NFL and college. So if that's the path he chooses, it seems like he's going to have plenty of suitors. Witten's eligible for the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 2026. And with those numbers that I just mentioned, I would think he's a first ballot selection. Finally, Foster Moreau. Now, he didn't have the impact he did as a rookie, but I think he could be a foundation piece for this franchise. He's certainly a player to keep an eye on next year. Now, in 2020, he lost a lot of snaps to Jason Witten, which I didn't understand. I still don't, but that's for another time. But I could definitely see him getting a lot more reps, especially if the Raiders don't re-sign Nelson Aguilar. Because I could see Gruden using Waller more at the wide receiver position, which he played in college at Georgia Tech. Then in turn, that would open up more snaps for Morrow at the tight end position. Okay, moving right along. And now to the big boys up front, the offensive line. Now, think about this, Raider Nation. The Raiders projected starting O-line in 2020 played a total of three. Three snaps together. That's it. Three. Offensive line coach Tom Cable did one of the best coaching jobs of the season, getting this mismatched unit to play so well. Now, I'm going to go left to right, so I will start with Colton Miller, and I thought he was playing at a Pro Bowl level. Uh, Before he got hurt, he missed the first two games of his career with an ankle injury, but he's clearly a fixture at protecting Derek Carr's blind side. Richie Incognito, there's no way I see the Raiders bringing him back. I mean, he appeared in just two games, coming off a terrible Achilles injury, and the team could save more than $6 million if they release him. And factor in his age, 37 years old, just don't see it happening. So, who could you see being plugged in there? Well, if they want to resign him, Denzel Good. I mean, you could make the case. He was probably top five Raider MVP candidates in 2020. I mean, he was really a pro's pro. He stepped in at guard. He stepped in at tackle. On either side, it didn't matter. So, I mentioned he's a free agent, 
And if they're going to let Incognito walk, which I think they should, then they got to pay good and bring him back. Because if he gets away, the Raiders could be looking for a couple of new starters along that offensive line. Center Rodney Hudson. I mean, to me, he's still one of the best centers in the league. He continues to be the main anchor of that offensive line. And if you look back at free agent signings since the turn of the century, this could be one of the best along with Rich Gannon and Jerry Rice. And you know what? As much as I love Gannon, I think maybe this one could be even better than Gannon. How about Gabe Jackson? He got his mojo back after the previous two seasons, battled injuries. I thought he played really well. But there's been some talk about letting him go, which would save the Raiders nearly $10 million in cap space. Now, I don't see it happening. And I think Jackson is back with the silver and black in 2021. Finally, Trent Brown. Okay, Raider Nation, we all know the numbers. In two years, he's played in just 16 games, and he has made a whopping $37 million. Now, if they release him, they could save $14 million. Now, when he's played, he's been very good. I don't think anybody can argue that. But that's the problem. When he plays, the Raiders can't rely on him right now. You know, Gruden has said in the past, he wants Brown to be the LeBron James of right tackles. Well, last time I checked, LeBron's 36 years old. You could make the case he's the NBA MVP through the first 20 games of the season. And you know what? He never takes a game off because of load management. Gruden, not a good comparison. And I also find this very interesting. When Derek Carr was trying to recover from the groin injury he suffered against the Chargers and play the following week, he made the comment that Gruden told him from day one, you have to be available to play. So if Gruden says this to Carr, shouldn't he hold everyone to that same standard? I mean, if this is how Gruden really feels, then I don't see how Brown is back next season. I just don't. But with all that being said, if they let him go, that clearly leaves a huge hole at right tackle. Just wanted to share some final numbers with your Raider Nation on this offensive line group, despite all the issues they faced. The Raiders were still 14th in rushing offense. 10th in sacks allowed, and 7th in pressures allowed. It's pretty solid, given the circumstances they dealt with all year long. Finally, the wide receiver position, and let's begin with Nelson Aguilar. We all know he's a free agent, coming off an outstanding season, caught 48 passes for nearly 900 yards and 8 touchdowns. But the big question is, did he price himself out of the Raiders' market? Now, in 2020, he played for just over a million dollars. So you know he wants to get paid, and he's going to test the free agent waters. Now, I can see a scenario in which he demands Tyrell Williams' kind of money, and that was $11 million per year. Raiders certainly got burned on that signing, as Williams just hasn't been able to stay healthy. And I think the Raiders will be a little leery about shelling out that kind of money again for Aguilar. And my feeling is... He's a one-and-done with the silver and black. Now, if Aguilar does bolt, then one of the biggest storylines for this team in the offseason and heading into training camp is going to be the growth 
and maturation of second-year wideouts Henry Ruggs III and Brian Edwards. Ruggs was the number 12 overall pick and the first wide receiver taken in last year's very rich receiver draft. He finished with just 26 receptions for 452 yards and two touchdowns. Now, he did have the one big game-winning touchdown catch against the New York Jets, but Raiders GM Mike Mayock, who's in Mobile for the Senior Bowl, said in an interview he was very disappointed in the team's productivity of its first-round picks. Had that go over with Henry Ruggs? Well, he tweeted out the quote. Not sure why. Raider Nation, I think we can all agree Ruggs has a great deal of potential, and he can certainly improve in a lot of areas. But I also think, and I know I sound like a broken record, Gruden has got to do a better job of getting him more involved in the offense. Run him on quick slants, wide receiver screens, and a few more jet sweeps. As for Edwards, well, he finished the season with a good game against the Broncos, caught two passes, including his first NFL touchdown. But the third-round pick struggled with injuries, and with no offseason or preseason, I think it was hard for him and Ruggs to get up to NFL speed. Hunter Renfro, well, he's been Mr. Consistency or Mr. Third Down, however you want to refer to him, but he has been outstanding in his first two seasons as a Raider. He had seven more receptions in his sophomore season, and his receiving yards also went up as well. This is one Clemson Tiger draft pick that has certainly lived up to the billing. Finally, Zay Jones, he's an unrestricted free agent, and I don't think he'll be back in silver and black. Well, you know what, Raider Nation? It's the first weekend with no football. But the season's not over. As I mentioned earlier, we still have Super Bowl 55 just around the corner. And also with the new year comes tons of new big games and other sports. With big games, you need big stakes. Kansas City Stakes has the cuts you crave to celebrate the playoffs and the big game. So visit KansasCitySteaks.com slash game day and save up to $25 on combos perfect for game day plus get free shipping with the code BLEAV B-L-E-A-V at checkout and you know what try out the snack pack combo featuring small plates with big big time flavor I mean, how about this? Mini beef Wellington steak burger sliders, mac and cheese melts, shrimp wrapped in bacon. Man, oh man, that sounds wonderful. Every order is flash frozen delivered directly to your home. Satisfaction is guaranteed or your money back. Basically, every cut of steak imaginable, plus appetizers, desserts, barbecue, and so much more. Again, go to KansasCitySteaks.com slash game day and use the code BLEAV. B-L-E-A-V. Kansas City Steaks. Big games, big taste. All right, Raider Nation, that's going to do it for this edition of the Bleed in Raiders podcast. I'm Dennis Ackerman. 
Thanks so much for listening. And may all your punts find the coffin corner. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.